Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we're back with another feedback episode, this time for Season 2, Episode 8. Uh, Aaron, I hear reports that we are stuffed to the brim with feedback this week. Yeah, I, I, and I was so, so crazed about the amount of feedback that I thought I was just, just going to delete it all. This is too much. And then Misty, with tears in her eyes, begged me not to. Said, I'm the only adult in the room. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the only one still believing in science and the whole fucking viewing audience, apparently. Uh, so I got to persevere. Here it is. Yellow Jackets of BaldMove.com. First up is Melanie. Melanie says, episode eight, and particularly the scenes with Ben in the tree, really triggered me. Maybe it's my aging eyes, but those scenes were so dark, I could barely see what was uh, in the hatch slash tunnel slash cave. I had flashbacks mm. to the Battle of Winterfell and a few scenes of The Last of Us. Uh, what is up with this trend for TV shows to shoot scenes that are so dark for the viewing audience? All that work for set design people uh, just goes to waste because we can't really see it. Now, this has been much discussed. You know, there was mm-hmm. a particularly egregious scene in House of the Dragon last year. I don't know what it is like for House of Dragon. It was a disastrous day for night shot gone wrong. Um, But but I got to say that like this, none of this stuff showed up as too dark on my particular television. Uh, And I I watched the show under optimum conditions. I darkened the room. Uh, I have a well-adjusted, nice, uh, you know, fairly modern television. It's not OLED. But it's like the what? What is it? The 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 LC, LED LCD uh, enhanced hmm. black levels bullshit. I, I didn't have a problem hmm. with it. How about you? Did you were you were you in Melanie's uh, boat here, squinting into the darkness? I was not, but I was under yeah the same optimal conditions. I could see this like if you're watching it during the day, uh, maybe you got a little bit of sunlight coming in. I could see if you have a light on in the room. Maybe it being too dark, but I had no real problems with this. I was scene. Like, it wasn't just Melanie. There was about four or five other pieces of feedback I got, can kind of saying essentially the same thing. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I, not impossible, certainly, because yeah, there has been TV on that has been way too dark, way too muddy. Yeah. Uh, this wasn't one for me, but I feel you. I do wonder if there's. Um, you know, when when you're you're editing this, you're doing color correction, and they're probably they are probably using state of the art OLED reference monitors, and it's one of those things where it it looks you know they want it to be dark and but still have detail because that's the thing. It's like I was able to see like the moss and the texture of the stone and you know the the the, the various bones and whatnot. Like I didn't have any trouble seeing all that, but like I I do think that part of it is there's such a huge difference between televisions nowadays. Like back in the day, Mm -hmm. everyone had CRT tubes. I know you could adjust it and whatnot, but like everyone kind of had the same basic thing where it's now it's like the technology that displays this to you. Are you like you upstairs? I have a fucking laser projector downstairs. I have, uh, you know, the, 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 not, not the OLEDs. You, you have an OLED screen, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like uh, how do you, without like having, Maybe what they need to do, here's what they need to do. Every prestige television series needs to start with like a gamma test pattern. You know, like okay. every vi- uh-huh. every scary video game comes with a like, here's a skull, adjust uh-huh. your black levels until you can just barely see the skull. 
and then we kind of have a but but like right now i don't i I and clearly there's there's some bad shit out there like you mentioned uh the game of thrones episodes house of dragon episodes but like there's like other things or the last of us and this one i didn't but like i think that would solve it yeah probably um or different mixes for different tvs and you can kind of say hey it's running on this television so play this version of the mix or whatever but like yeah yeah they're they they certainly could do it better but i think they're targeting i don't know cinephiles mostly but it's it's not even something that you could like it's i'm thinking is something that shows up on the same screen as like the content warnings like in this in like one like one corner where they're showing it's like you know uh adult language and violence and you know blah blah drug use all that stuff in the corner there is like some kind of image and it has a text that says please adjust your television until this is just visible or or whatever mm-hmm. um I, I think they could do that without much trouble and it would it could, go yeah. a long ways to addressing this because if you do the adjustment the way they suggest and you still can't see anything then obviously because i don't think there's there's enough adjustment in the world that would fix that house of dragon thing it was just well bad. yeah that's the problem right like they put it on stuff that they're like, oh, yeah, if you adjust properly, you can see this. But what about stuff where no matter what adjustments you do, yeah. <laughs> then what yeah. do they put in the beginning? Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing. It's like I, when that episode of House of Dragon came out, like the feedback was literally like 60 percent. Someone like mentioning that like mm-hmm. it was it was, you know, you know, obviously there's a lot of people complaining this week, but it wasn't nearly as universal. So I think there's some things Hollywood could do to fix this, whether they will or not. I that that is anybody's guess. Uh, Melanie also says uh, for last week, I wrote in the adults common conversion to confiding in Lottie felt too fast. And I felt similarly this week with the girls full on human hunting, which had more scenes showing us how they came up with the idea of the queen card and everyone agreeing to participate. It just felt too rushed. Also, has been not part of the group. If you happen to be outside the cabin, do you just get a pass on the whole card pulling situation? What do you think about? I guess so. so. Yeah, we're going to we're about to kick off an arc of uh, people talking, debating about the pacing of the show. But I want before we can cons- continue with that, I want to get your idea about like, why is Coach Ben left out of this stuff? Uh, I mean, this all seems spur of the moment, right? Like Ty gets the the bug up her ass to fix this problem here. Because uh, I guess she at this point doesn't want to lose Lottie. She doesn't think the group can withstand losing Lottie. Um, and so she just takes it on herself to like come up with this thing, I guess. Uh, and it just happens that coach is out. So for this first time, that makes sense. But I feel like in the future, you can't just be like, well, I'm going to go collect firewood when the next cannibal run happens, right? Yeah. Hmm. It's a first time thing. They're just, they're just figuring their shit out. They'll get it. Do you think that there's also maybe a hint of um, he, he's just being othered? I mean, definitely that. I, he's always felt like an outsider um, from, from day one, right? I mean, he's the coach of the team. He's not a teen. He's not a girl. He's not like all the things that they identify with each other for. Uh, yeah, he's an outsider. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, there's, 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 why so I thought there's, he'd be the next to be eaten, right? Like I, I didn't yeah. expect Javi to be the one, but he's also quite the outsider too. So yeah, 
Uh, Kathy says, just chiming in with my thoughts on pacing, I was really, really disappointed with the pacing of the events of this episode. I mean, I know they were hungry. There's no reason to stretch that out, I guess, but they didn't really search for Crystal very much, or if they did, nobody said anything about it. I was super interested in the mechanics and the decisions involving how the ritual evolved. I think they missed an opportunity to further explore or flesh out the feelings and thoughts of the cabin characters. They need to make us care about some of them, or picking the rest of them off is not going to have any kind of effect on the audience. This is a nice point because I think that the real problem other than pacing is there's clearly the core group of Yellow Jackets we care about. And then there's the people whose names we don't even hardly know, like the Melissa's and the Jennifer's and and fucking Mari and all these others or that we actively are kind of antagonistic about. At least I am that way with uh, with um uh, 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 with Mari, she just seems like she's a very mm. unpleasant person. Mm. Um, I do wonder about, yeah, I do wonder if they're not fucking that up because pacing's one, you know, that's like something that's like, well, if it's a little weird and you get to the, you know, keep going on and everything's fine, but like, yeah, if Pit Girl turns out to be Mari, who's going to give a shit? Mm. If Pit Girl turns out to be Jin or even Akila, who's gotten a little bit of extra you know a storyline but and they can't be natalie or lottie or right shauna or anyone that we actually care about yeah it can't be the ones we care about and and you hate to see them wait too long because then it gets into walking dead territory where the episode that they're going to eat that person they decide to give them a little bit of screen time um and try and make you care about them and it just falls flat because it's an obvious ploy so i yeah, they need they need to do a little bit more. I feel like they're easing into that. Like Pink Hat Girl wasn't a character at all in the last season. Uh now she is a character at least. We don't know much about her. Um but she's getting scenes with other char- other minor characters where they're talking. So th- they're easing into that. I just don't know if it's fast enough depending on what they have planned for the rest of the season, which yeah. I guess at this point is one episode. So and I think eating yeah. Javi will sustain them until season three. I, he's the smallest of them. Is there enough meat on them bones? Oh, yeah. He's at yeah. least as big as Jackie was. <laughs> um, Kathy. Well, see, but if, if uh, Jackie was Javi pregnant, they, they had the turducken factor. So you could literally be eating for, on two. Uh-huh. Javi's, there's, that's not possible. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, bad joke. Let's move on to Kathy. Mm-hmm. The Wilderness is the space between the ads. We'll be right back. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. 
Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. Oh, I sorry. We just did cat. Let's move on to Maggie. It says, I agreed that the pacing was slightly off this episode. It was jarring to go from we have to survive and it can't be heard to drawing cards to determine the sacrifice for the group. I do think we as the audience could never uh, see that conver- conversation in order to keep from assigning too much blame to any one character, but there could have been more exposition to help that transition. Likewise, in the current timeline, Lottie went from y'all need to leave to we need to give the wilderness what it wants by drinking this Kool-Aid with the quickness. I'm loving the season and still trusting the writers and showrunners in the overall arc, but I agree with you that season two probably had something that didn't quite work, which is why we got the awkward nine episodes. That That's the thing. It's like... They, 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 like, like Sean just throws this gold necklace on and there's no explanation. Here's the thing. I was talking with Pete. And, and, and like, why is Shauna the one that's going to do the throat slitting? Why was why why did uh you know well, she's the butcher of the why group, did right? Van start why did Van start the card procedure and then Misty yeah. administer it to everybody else because I thought it might be a round robin like there's so many bizarre things where it's like things that if I my life were in the line I would be debating like whoa 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 are we sure this is fair and it's just like it just kind of happens and and mm-hmm. like like what what Maggie says here about us not being able to see that conversation. That feels really fucky to me. So so I was talking with Pete, uh, Pete Peppers over on yeah. YouTube, uh, and he said that he read an interview with Sophie Thatcher, the person who plays Teen Nat, uh, talking about how there was a scene where all of this was gone over and they cut it. So I, I don't know why they cut it. It's not like Holy this has shit. to hit a certain amount of time. It's showtime. Maybe they do have to hit a certain time limit. I don't know, uh, man. It's it's feeling like more than just one scene got cut. I bet, like... Well, I mean, part- you could lay out the rules for all this and have the debate and everything in one scene. So, yeah, it, it, whatever it was, they cut the entire thing, and I think that was almost necessary to to really? not make it feel like they just jumped into this blindly. Oh, yeah, like like having the scene in there, you're saying. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, having the scene was necessary, because, like... I agree. They do jump into this blindly. So there is a missing scene. We all felt it, and... Yeah. The, the, so, like, were they editing... So, like, which is worse, them editing a vital scene out because Showtime's like, this has to hit 57 minutes, or fuck it, even though we've we've extended the show three... Se- we've already renewed the season for... Uh, the show for an additional season, or... 
like the writers are like, oh, this box this is in a little too much. We want to cut it for that. Like both of those reasons seem terrible. Yeah, I didn't get the reason from him, but uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't think there's a great reason to cut that scene because it seems so essential. Uh, this conversation you had to pee is a public. No, it was on Discord. Oh, okay. I thought maybe you guys had done it. I was going to shout it out. But yeah, you should check out our partner, uh, Pete Peppers, on YouTube. Uh, mm-hmm. YouTube.com slash Pete Peppers, right? Yeah, he's covering Yellow Jackets with uh, recap, uh, with analysis videos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like kind of shorter shorter things. So, uh, Tammy says, I knew I could count on you guys to tell the truth. I don't know if it's oh, the truth. Boy. But uh, the writers of the show are signaling that they're going to mess it up. Five seasons is too long. It appears they do not know the end game. They're not going to be able to reveal a more terrible thing than what the audience already believes. They killed Nate each other. The Adam Martin fake was too much, and zigzagging with the Lottie character is dangerous. It's got a great cast, but I'm getting skeptical they can ever land the plane. I hope they consult the Villa Gang, best plane landers in the prestige TV business. Well, it's been said. Uh, if you don't know Villa Gang is what we refer to Vince Gilligan, Peter Gould, the brain trust behind Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Um, I'm not ready to doom and gloom, but like this middle part kind of made my spine tingle when she says they're not going to be able to reveal a more terrible thing than what the audience already believes that they killed and ate each other in some kind of bizarre witchcraft ritual thing. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the way the one thing they could do that like would have made it like one notch worse is like maybe eat the baby and that mm-hmm. ship has sailed, I think. So like is that one of the problems is like that the 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 greater answer that's out there is just like there's there's nothing there's nothing more mind bending than what we've already seen. We we went too audacious. Yeah, I mean definitely that's that's an extreme Especially since not even at the end of season two, we're already kind of hunting girls in exactly the same way with just a little bit less pageantry. Mm-hmm. Like all the stuff is there in structure, the necklace and the cards and all that stuff. It's just like, ah, oh, we're going to have a little bit more elaborate headdresses and a little bit more fur skin uh, clothes in the next winter. Yeah, I, I feel a little bit about cannibalism the same way I feel about um, certain spoilers I guess um, and the way a lot of people do about spoilers where it's one thing to know what's going to happen uh, that still doesn't lessen the impact of seeing it happen and I think cannibalism is one of those things you know I, I acknowledge that there are cannibals out there if I were with a group <laughs> of people who started eating other people uh-huh. It would freak me out way more than the abstract concept of cannibalism. So I, I think Especially there's still a lot they can do. Circumstances, yeah. yeah. There's still a lot they can do to show us uh, some fucked up stuff that we haven't seen yet. But I do think it's lessened each time we see it happen. Right? Like you ate Jackie's face. That's like yeah. a pretty big step <laughs> toward cannibal. Yeah, and, and toward and like again, the dark, depraved shit that we're we're waiting to see. And again, unless they really buck up the Jin, Melissa's, and Mari's of the world, Nikila's of the world, like we're left with like yellow jackets that cannot be eaten under any circumstances. Mm-hmm. Coach Ben, who raise your hand if you're going to like, you know, shed big fat tears over him getting eaten. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, they have built him up. So, like, that's so, like, if he is the next to go, uh, 
there's going to be a little bit, but like, n- no, like it, everybody else is just like, yeah, I'm not going to really get out of my seat when like these girls get eaten. Now they can change that. They can change that next year. Cause like you said, Javi, I mean, I guess that's shocking. And, and then you, to, to your point about like the way it happens, I, I, I think is the thing that can be really fucked up is the relationships between the victim and the consumer. Mm. Uh, that like that can be, you know, at a level of dementedness and craziness, but yeah, as Travis but, his brother, for instance. Yeah, but like once that, then it's like when well, they're out because like again, I don't give a shit if Mel or Jenny or Mari or like I like that. That's if, if those girls get eaten, it's not that big a deal to me, <laughs> right? So it's like, oh, right. the shocking betrayal when Shauna slices Mari's throat. Like, no, not really. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a problem inherent to the way they're telling this story with multiple timelines. Bill from Aurora says it chose to leave out part of the plot of this episode. I feel like in the 1996 era, meal selection process came out of nowhere. There was nothing broadcast during the episodes that would lead me to believe they had the processes depicted for choosing the next meal. I mean, I feel like a lot of stuff is like dry pie once you revealed that like yes there was a scene that explained all this stuff and they just cut it mm-hmm. uh i'm still processing that yeah it's wild uh he says ditto for the jim jones version of russian roulette that lottie sprung on them in the current day i can buy this as a logical choice for lottie given what perhaps happened in 96 and her visions in the current day but i didn't feel this at the time she would have proposed in the episode i also expected the other women to refuse to partake in the drinking game and to be fair yeah flip that fucking table and to be fair, we haven't got to where they're actually agreeing to drink it, but like right. everyone was a little too on board. Yeah, I I don't I don't know. If you show up to the next friend group meeting to board game night with a bunch of cups and say we need to drink these, and one of them is poisoned. I'm flipping the fucking table, and you're leaving. <laughs> like, yeah. there, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. I'm not going. Hmm. I wonder what he's on to here. He might have a point. Yeah. Yeah, and especially since we're in, like, because they try to solve this by having Lottie run down everybody's, like, sins and how fucked they are. But it felt to me like the theme of Gilligan's Island, where it's like, all right, the skipper's getting a nice first, where the skipper's a brave sailing man. He's kind of fat and probably an alcoholic, and we know a lot about all... <laughs> and then get And then we get down to, like, the millionaire and his wife. I felt like that was Van. And Van? Yeah. You're probably fucked up because you came here with Ty, and I know she's fucked. It's like, uh, why is why is Van? I mean, the mm-hmm. the only the only reason Van would take place in this maybe is because she's probably going to die soon anyway, and she's kind of fatalistic. But no one knows that except for Ty. Yeah. So it's yeah. a massive grab for for Lottie. I I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Jonathan says, hey, guys, I love the coverage. You discussed the speed in which the girls descended into all out ritual sacrifice last episode. I admit I was a bit taken back uh, by this as well. But the more I thought about it, the more it made perfect sense. Here's the case Jonathan builds. One, they are starving and it's messing with every aspect of their cognition, including decision making and impulse control. Granted, I'll grant that. Two, the deck of cards has already been used as a tool to make fair decisions since they use them for chore division. Yes, this is true. We've got a little little uh, railroad track built towards that. Three, the overwhelming majority of this group already believes they're interacting with a powerful and often malevolent force, so convincing them that they're appeasing essentially a god is much easier than it would be for you and I sitting there. For Shauna, 
for Shauna, Shauna, Shauna converted to Lottie's yeah. side just because she let her beat the shit out of her last episode. Just completely converted. And Nat, Nat's going along with this. And Ty, I... who I Ty, I, yeah, I, I just feel like there's at least three people in this cabin that are not on board enough to be like, yes, I will volunteer to be hunted and, and gathered if I mm-hmm. <laughs> if if my card gets called, you know. I don't know. Yeah, why does Javi go along with it? Javi's got a place he could go, stay under the tree, be safe, uh, not have to participate in this shit, and yet he's pulling cards. Yeah, and he's so he's he's too terrified to talk, but he's also going to pull a card when obviously he's under distress. He doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, if you look at his and the, his reaction is relief and not being. You know. And I think for this first one, it would have been perfectly fine. Just like coach is is kind of out in the wind, right? Doesn't have to participate. I think it would have been fine for people, some people to abstain. Some people to be like, absolutely not. Lottie. That's what they should have done. They should have figured out a way to get Nat and Shauna and coach Ben and Javi and Travis out of the cabin. And then this decision is made by the core cultists. OK. And when they come back. They go, they're, boy, this is fucked up. They're, yeah, like the hunt is already on, or maybe they come back with Javi slung between, or they, they, they hunt some. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But like, mm-hmm. I, it's, mm. uh, for the hats and weapons are just items of convenience at this point because it's cold and they need something to kill cat if they catch her. Yeah. I, but I, yeah, I, I think that's, and I even said that in the recap that that works the most. Like, you can kind of see mm-hmm. them sort of in the costumes, but they're not really, they're just cold weather gear. Mm-hmm. And he says the necklace is honestly the only major ritual add-on that needs some explanation. I think it's simple. Shauna wanted to make Jackie's death symbolic as the first and keep it going. None of the other girls are going to say no because at that point, who cares as long as Shauna does the dirty work? And that's fine, but I wish we'd seen it. I cannot fathom why they deleted that scene. Man, yeah, I, I'm really torn on this whole idea. I, I've I've been thinking as we've been talking about this idea that like there's a fundamental problem with the way they're telling this story with the split timelines. The, what it comes down to is they've shown us where this is all going and they showed it to us in the very beginning. Right. Yeah. So we've sat with it for two seasons. Next winter. It's not going to be this winter. It's going to be next winter. Right. So we already know where this is going. I feel like that was a big mistake, but it's also the thing that hooked me about the show too. I don't know that I'd be watching yellow jackets if it wasn't, made the way it's made so i yeah i don't know maybe they shouldn't have shown pit girl getting killed maybe they should have shown obviously young women dressed up Uh like animals running after someone in the woods and howling and just like that's it you never saw the pit you never saw the fed them eating like that would have already been fucked up the fact that like these girls are going to fall in the chaos and division and going to be fighting then the cannibal yeah, thing would have stuff, right? But yeah, not, yeah, like this woman's, not. this girl's maybe getting bullied or hazed, or she's done something wrong, and the group's trying to punish her. But like, mm-hmm. I, I do wonder if they mess it up. But then I think about like shows like Dark, that effortlessly shuffled like six timelines, like it's a deck of cards, and never really misstepped. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it can be done, but also Dark never yeah. showed the end of season three and the beginning of season one to kind of right. like. With no plan to get there, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a, it's a, it's a. Like again, I haven't given given up hope. I just like, man, there's a lot of head scratching, and the fact that they shot that and then took it out, like, um, <laughs> it to feels me, like every every time that an inexperienced racer hits the nitrous early in the race in Fast and Furious, 
right. too soon junior too soon yep should have <laughs> saved that for a little bit more in the tank Mm -hmm. uh zach also has some defense of the pacing says looking at the penultimate episode of season two it looks like the writers are taking a page out of the breaking bad playbook in reference of how to believably change a character slowly over time the episode before the finale of season two of breaking bad the show and spoilers for uh what now 15 year old joe uh-huh. uh in the episode before the finale of the season two of breaking bad the show pushes the main character towards becoming more evil with the baby step having them make a choice to let a character die through inactivity it's not as large a jump as him directly and actively killing someone, but they show a character put in a situation where being passive allows a tragedy to occur, but one that is convenient for that character. Walter sees Jane begin to, you know, well, I'll just, let's not do the full spoiler, because if you know, you know, and if you don't know, then I think we, we get it. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's a gradual step from taking Walter from someone who would have not done that in season one to someone who would actually later go on to murder in future seasons. This works in parallel of what we see in the show. As the writers are getting ready to turn things up to 11, they want to communicate that these characters are on their way to losing who they once were but are not totally gone yet. Actually having them murder each other might have been a bridge too far for this phase of the show, but having Javi conveniently fall into the ice allows the girls to take them the same step towards losing who they were through inaction. They aren't actively killing, but thought this through this inaction they will be changed and more likely to take action next time. Well, the problem is I know they get there. That, that's the problem. I never knew that Walter would get there. I know yeah. that these girls do. You didn't know where, how depressed. You knew he was getting there, but you never knew what, like how terminal he would get. And the other thing is, like, I guess the other imperfect thing about this analogy is, like, this would work if Walter was showing up there to kill one of the two people. And it just so happened one of the other ones died by accident and he and it's like he allowed him to like kill one of them without killing them. Mm -hmm. This like someone is going to die. They were going to commit murder either mm -hmm. through action or inaction. And it just I don't, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I would I would be 100 percent on board with what you're saying. I think that is true of that scene, if not for the scenes where we've seen them actively roasting each other on fires chasing each right. other into pits like that yeah. shit that that's it's a spoiler right like if i had saw walter white i, I poison children put guns to people's heads and pull the trigger like then i wouldn't be debating does he have this within him i would be like okay well what's the point i know he gets there eventually yeah like it, it yeah. would be almost an interesting sort of like anthropological dissection of his character mm -hmm. not something that is like where is this going how far is he yeah. willing to go i wonder if they wish they had that back if like man i wish we hadn't shown pit girl uh, and, and certainly not shown the, the show right? eating pit girl that, that's the big question for me is would it have hooked me as hard as it did at the beginning if they didn't show me any of that I mean, so it was it was already fucked up and like, what the fuck enough to have the girls in the animal skins howling and running after each other like. Mm -hmm. And there's the clear implication of like, well, why else? You know, it's like I'm sure people would be hunt. They'd, they'd be the theories would be there. Right. But like, sure. The other thing that I've wondered how they're going to do is like. So spring's going to sprung and summer's going to come. And presumably food will be easy and it'll be a survival. Like, are they going to walk all this shit back and kind of reset and be like, OK, what happened last mm -hmm. winter is crazy. We have to figure out a way to survive or get out of here or like something like how are they going to reset this? Because at this point, yeah. 
uh, the season the the season one premiere is going to seem pedestrian. Like there has to be like a way for them to reset and be like, okay, we lost our minds last winter. We're not going to let that happen again. But and they think, also you know, have the, the, the religion changing. Well, the season changing is a natural way to do that, right? They won't need to rely on the wilderness if there are a bunch of animals everywhere to eat and kill. So is Lottie going to be marginalized and she's going to, you've forgotten the wilderness and, or is Lottie herself going to get a little bit better and, or is there going to be always someone being like, you guys are not respecting the wilderness and obviously then when the first snow falls and it gets real again i i don't know because they gotta pump the brake somehow or i don't know what what their plan is i don't know if they know what the plan is Mm. all right well i think we've had enough talk about the pacing let's move on to other things uh uh, adriana says what did you think about the necklace natalie is wearing in the last couple episodes of the magic blood death spa you've seen her safety pin necklace uh no I don't think so. Yeah, so she's wearing a necklace that features like as it's like brooch or uh, its pendant is a safety pin. And uh, Adriana apparently uh, was aware of this. Um, but there's a specific meaning of that. The people wear these safety pins on necklaces and clothing as a way to signal that other members of marginalized communities are safe with you. So like if you are stylize yourself as an ally and you want to let people know uh, without verbal communication that you are a safe person uh, uh, if you're a victim of racism or homophobia or whatnot, that you you are a person that they would be safe around, that, that you wear a safety pin. Which huh. I, I, I noticed she'd worn a safety pin, but I assume just from taking that, her totality, that that might have been like a self-harm type of survivor signal. But apparently, mm-hmm. no, it's a it's a it's an ally thing. So, yeah, I don't know. OK. Uh, definitely fits in with her, you know, looking out after. Uh, really, at least she tries. Nat tried that. That oh god damn it! That's the other thing is like letting Javi die kind of weakens the <laughs> fact that Nat was kind of like the most empathetic and selfless one of them. Yeah, because she had gone through a lot of adversity and didn't come from privilege like a lot of these girls did. Yeah, I don't know that anybody's getting out of the wilderness unscathed. Yeah. She's maybe scathed a little too much. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, I appreciate uh, that, uh, Adriane. Uh, Cassie says, I've been enjoying your coverage of Yellow Jackets and like the theory that one of your listeners had a few weeks ago, that there'd be a second wilderness baby, but would be Nats with Travis. There's a couple points going for this. One, there's an explicit mention of them trying not to get pregnant when Coach gave Travis condoms, much like in the pilot where Shauna warned Jeff not to get her pregnant. Ooh. Mm. The 18 months in the wilderness seems like the perfect timing for a second pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So this came in, I think, before the last episode dropped. And at this point, is Travis ever going to touch Nat in that way again? <laughs> I no, don't we know, know they get together they as adults. Crazy, yeah, they have crazy flings all the time. It seems, they have drug so. orgies and whatnot. So like, because I thought like maybe this is, you know, like they made a point of like, you know what, Nat? I think you're a stand up gal. I was wrong to make you feel otherwise. And now it's like, oh, LOL. I let your brother die and we're going to eat him. Yeah, I don't know how you come back from this with Travis. Drugs. But they don't <laughs> okay. have any. They're going to find uh, mushrooms. Is this where it's going to go? Mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could combine this with Lisa's The Wilderness Baby theory and it would explain why the show is spending so much time developing Nat and Lisa's relationship, especially since none of Lottie's other followers are getting any character development at all. 
This is, I think, one of the stronger parts of evidence. The condom connection and the fact that, like, mm-hmm. they are inexplicably showing Nat and Lisa spending a lot of time together. Mm-hmm. Second yeah. possibility. Okay. Uh, maybe a second baby would be, make the most sense as uh, Lottie in a Travis production. Here's why. One, they've established rising sexual tension between them, and Travis is already being passed around a little. <laughs> he is being passed around a bit, uh-huh. like a carton of cigarettes. Um, do you? Uh, we've debated this before. Do you see Lottie and Travis having sexual tension? Because I feel if it's more of like a motherly you've you've got well you've just put your finger on how much more fucked up it can get than eating each other yeah if they do make her out to be the motherly figure and then they sleep together anyway because i think they're contrasting natalie which is he sees as like a sexual partner and lottie which he sees as like this giver of life and protector and source of um unconditional love but yeah, you're right. They could do they do add some Oedipus Oedipus into this mm-hmm. uh, mix. Uh, Lottie seemed weirdly possessive over Shauna's baby, perhaps because she's had a vision about the wilderness baby that was hers, but assumed it applied to Shauna's baby. Interesting. Okay, that's a that's a classic cult leader move. Oh, there's a greater fulfillment of my prophecy. Yes. There is a baby that's going to change everything. It's just the one that I'm carrying, not not the one the shitty old Shauna was. I I I, I, I could see that. Three, she emptied out Travis's bank account after his death. This always seemed like a weird move to me since there's no therapeutic value to it. Perhaps she had located their child, perhaps Lisa, and he wanted to leave what he had to them. I think this is a misstep. I think that's just what Lottie does. Like, I think Travis, maybe she had entreated mm-hmm. him to join their retreat to help him. And as a first step in the induction, she drained his account. But that's what she does to everyone that joins her cult. Right. And then Travis probably willingly... Gave yeah. that information, right? The, the account wasn't yeah. drained maliciously. It was just yeah. Travis handed over all of his possessions to her. Natalie just blew into town, made me spend all my money on drugs and break up with my girlfriend and then told me that the wilderness darkness, uh, I'm completely lost. And she's like, well, you've spent all your money on drugs anyway. Just sign everything else over to me and we'll get you cleaned up. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just her. That's and then maybe he had a change lotty. of heart and didn't, you know, left. Well, it, when did the draining happen? Was it after his death? Did, do we know for sure? God damn. See, this I, is, think the, uh, I think the and friend we get rightfully drug was after. I think we get rightfully drugged sometimes by having hazy recollection of the season one, but like, That's I'm we're a little spontaneous ha- conversations <laughs> about things that happened a year ago. Uh, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure the, the person that, uh, I can't remember if it was Ty or Nat, I think it was Nat, uh, was talking with, the banker said that his account was drained after he died, hmm. which blows that theory up. Is it she scheduled the 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 uh, ETF transfer? <laughs> yeah, it's the three it, day window. Three day. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the uh-huh. float. It's the float that always gets you. Yeah, she should have just Venmoed it all to herself. She'd have it that day. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, use Zelle. <laughs> Um, four, it would explain why she seemed to be getting first choice of the meat in the pilot and her rise to antler queen more generally if there was a baby in her that everyone is trying hard to keep alive after they lost Shauna's. That's, yeah, if they're, yeah, like Lottie's got something besides just being the antler queen or she's she's literally a, becoming a mother. That, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. 
Five, it's also very believer, believable that her ice-cold parents would take away the baby while sending her off to Switzerland for treatment. This could also be a good explanation for a primal scream in the scene right after they were rescued. Perhaps she realized she'd be separated from the baby for good. Yeah, no, that tracks too. Like, mm-hmm. I could see this well-to-do family being like, you are not coming home with some fucking wilderness baby from this Travis fellow. You're going off to Switzerland. And yeah, I've, I've seen that on Downton Abbey like three different times. Sure. Switzerland was always France in this case, in, in the Downton Abbey case. But yeah. Hmm. Um, Philly Nick says, Maggie, your emailer from last week was spot on about Shauna being the real crazy yellow jacket. In this last episode, when all the other girls are surrounding Javi, who's drowning in the lake, she's the one that says, wait, wait. And all the girls stop to let him die. Hmm. Yeah, I'm comfortable with Shauna being the scariest yellow jacket. Maybe Lottie. Is she? I thought that was Misty. Misty runs up and grabs Nat and says, let him drown. Well, but 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 the, I think he's talking about the group. Like Misty was up front there with Javi and her. Um, but like Nat was fought about further behind with the group. Sh- Shauna was. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah Shauna I, was. I don't know. I uh, Yeah, I think Shauna is definitely... Highly fucked up. Um, and Honestly, I don't think my quibble was ever like she's not yeah. as fucked up as the rest of them. I think the show had not shown us that she was yet. Gotcha. All of this stuff is happening in season two where we are getting so much more information about her this yeah. season that, yeah, now you can look back and say, oh, Shauna was actually super fucked up. This is true. We've we gotten, didn't know that in season one. We've gotten so much more gloss on her than we have in almost any other yellow jacket. Um mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I do. I and the other thing is like, boy, you, there's a lot of hats in the ring for a world's craziest yellow jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're talking about and, and even scariest, because like you could make an easy argument that Misty's the scariest one. Oh, at I least, think so. At least yeah. Shauna feels bad or thinks she's what she's doing is bad, where Misty thinks that everything she's done is justified, and that any reasonable person would do the exact same thing if they knew mm-hmm. the information she knew. And like, I don't know. Um, Philly says this didn't come up in the our coverage, but he says, I know that Jim was as happy as I was when the only truly audible song in the episode was Pumpkins Bullet with <laughs> Butterfly Wings. Sure. Yeah. We didn't talk about it, but yeah. They, they, so, so the reason I didn't talk about that one is because it's kind of overused. Like if you're going to get a Smashing Pumpkins track, mm-hmm. it's going to be that or it's going to be today or 1979. And that's kind of like the three, the trifecta. Yeah, if you want a post-apocalyptic Paul Bettany film with blood drinkers, you want to start that trailer with the world is a vampire. <laughs> da, da. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost guaranteed the Blade reboot will start with that. Uh, <laughs> and, and stuff like, I don't know, a muzzle or like anything off of Gish or something. Like nobody knows those songs. And so I'm a little more interested in pointing that out mm. when they're doing those. You don't, you don't, your pulse, you, you, you hear basic bitch smashing pumpkin song and your pulse, that, that's not that even flicker. You want it, yeah. you want it the deep, you want the B side. Yeah. Give me an XYU. <laughs> XYU, then I'll sit up and listen. Uh, let's go on to Noel, who says, I think there's a possibility the Yellow Jackets actually ate the wilderness baby. And those who remember are either repressing the memory or gaslighting Shauna. 
And last week, the show has shown us that when it comes to food and survival, the girls have been pushed to a point of being able to quickly abandon their humanity and attachment to one another when a potential meal is on the table. This is most starkly demonstrated when the hunt for Natalie began and her closest friends immediately dropped any semblance of connection in favor of don't let her get away. That was wild. That was wild. It's like, yeah, you know, don't let her. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it went from like, oh, God, I hope it's not me to like, don't let her get away. Here's what I think's happened. I think it's on brand for Lottie to have seen that Shauna was failing to breastfeed the child due to starvation and the wilderness informed her the right thing to do is not let anything to go to waste. So she comes up with the plan. She drugs Shauna via the tea that's delivered to her just prior to the baby eating sequence. You get the baby from her, inform those who might not be in on the plan that the baby died. The wilderness wants us to eat it and Shauna can never know and should think the baby was stillborn. Those who believe Lottie trust in her and are willing to carry that lie so they can eat and Shauna can potentially move on and continue to survive. Those who may not believe Lottie are able to compartmentalize this and put their feelings aside for a potentially life-saving meal. Their own shame then becomes a powerful force in keeping the truth from coming out. Uh, I can't recall which girl delivered the tea, but when she saw Shauna successfully breastfeeding, it felt like she immediately looked at the floor, just refused to look at Shauna, got quiet, and didn't offer a celebration or sense of relief. What I felt from then was internal conflict and fear. If it's just Shauna's nightmare, why wouldn't the girls be happy that Shauna's breastfeeding? And without getting too graphic, I think the baby's head was preserved, wrapped in some remains slash placenta, and presented to Shauna as the corpse when in reality most of it had been eaten. The only reason I illustrate this is because I think that the last shot of the season will be revealed, and with Shauna feeling lost and in search of the truth, returns to the grave not to find the body gone as some have discussed, but rather to find it was never a complete body to begin with, and leaves us with a cliffhanger for season three of holy shit, they really ate that baby. Um, okay. One problem I have with this theory is the Misty of it all. I felt like we got from Misty's POV that she was feeling very guilty for Crystal. But that was it. Like, it kind of bothers me if the showrunners are keeping this as a reveal because that's something that Misty should be thinking about when she's debating the coach bin and the oh shit I let crystal die or I killed crystal kind of thing like this would be and an, you know like oh I actually lost Shauna's baby I don't know it feels a little dishonest to have yeah, that conversation I mean, especially when you're having scenes with Ty coming up to or whoever it is Lottie Lottie coming up to Misty and saying you know you did the best you could and like encouraging her after losing the baby I yeah POVs that are not Shauna and they have no reason to gaslight Misty here but Misty they're talking to her as if this baby was dead unless Misty was also trying to breastfeed coach and like he tried to teach her the proper latch and it just wasn't you know like but then again that's still that's still pretty being dishonest from a viewer's point of view yeah I I will say like this is possible I don't think it's out outside of the show's uh, wheelhouse to do this I think Mm. they could but I won't like it if this well, is true and i'll just add to like again like you can do anything good you can do anything bad so i have to see how they do it but like yeah <laughs> sure, I, there's, sure. there's 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 uh, a there is a uh, a cliff of shit that you'd have to climb to get to the other side of this resolution and have everyone feel good about it i think yeah and we all know shit only rolls downhill <laughs> shit and crystal 
Uh, Abby says, when you're talking about Javi's cave and how we won't get answers now about the specific specifics of his time out there and how we could see another timeline about previous occupants, I kept waiting for you to bring up the piece that connects these things. When Javier turned to the cabin, he didn't speak, but just not to the girls. He told Ben, she told me not to come back. Who is she? My friend. Ben asked who the friend is, and Javi went silent. There may be a person still living out there who's connected to Cabin Guy's story. This would be the easiest way to give us another timeline through her flashbacks slash storytelling, plus answers about Javi's own experiences. The problem with this, Abby, is I'm pretty sure that that she is dark tie. Like, to the extent that yeah. I would almost feel duped if they reveal it to be anyone else. Here's the thing, Dark Tie is becoming more of a character in her own right. And and I think like now you can have conversations with Dark Tie, right? Van has. Um so Dark Tie could be a character that could clue us in. Yeah, I wonder if that would be also like something to explore in season three as an almost another timeline where it's like you are in addition to telling what happens in now ninety seven and twenty was it 2020 2019 uh that you'd also like flashback to have what dark tie was doing with javi while he was in the wilderness for a couple of months mm-hmm. yeah i don't know there's a lot of possibilities for season three yeah um but i, I could see them going go- going with dark tie being his friend yeah yeah i mean this just, it seems like that's like there's so many draw there's so many connections they were already made to like sammy and his drawings and the drawings that javi's made mm-hmm. and how they describe it. it's, it's it it seems like they're trying to tell us that but yeah uh andy b from maryland says while i agree that we got some elements of the cannibal ritual too soon i think the scene depicting javi's death perfectly connects to the first scene of the series the chase we assume comes much later because of how chasing Natalie turns out, it chose someone else. The ritual becomes setting the target free for a chase, giving it the opportunity to choose someone else. Perhaps the costumes are intended to deceive it or otherwise hide from it. We know since the meat sickle from the first scene is wearing the necklace that she is the intended target. My only remaining question is if the pit in that scene was specifically intended to catch and kill a teenage girl, though missing the decision to ritualize uh, it at all. I still like how this unfolds and beautifully explains the important step, the origin of the chase. Yeah, that makes a lot of um, sense. I like that. There's also something that we missed, which is uh, we got this from several people. Andy is the first. She mentions, I also want to mention that the card deck was once missing all of the queens, which is established back in season one. Nat tells Javi this at some point. There's a brief background exchange at one point this season where someone mentions the queen of hearts has suddenly reappeared in the deck. So it became the magic card. And I, I hear this was literally a background exchange. Like, yeah, in so the I was background talking with Pete subtitle. about this too. Really? Uh, he, he said that it's Javi who finds and brings that yes. card back to the deck, which, yes. if That's... you want to talk about, like, I, I don't know whether the wilderness chose him or not, uh, you could go all the way back to that and say that he actually pulled the queen, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, it says, anyway, there's no other queens in the deck, but the red diamond uh, brings to mind Lottie's little tale about the first hatch queen killing the other potential queens. Well done, writers. No notes. Well, I have some notes, but I do wonder <laughs> if we're going because like clearly someone took the queens out. Javi in his wilderness adventure found one of them. I wonder if we're going to that's going to be another piece of this show's fucking mythos is the discovery of the cards. Yeah, was it Dark Tie who took the the queens out? 
maybe before anyone else knew but i mm-hmm. i think also like we also had the previous occupants of the cabin to consider and okay if you speculate yeah. that they are the ones that found this probably interconnected system of geothermal vents and uh, that the javi found at least you know uh the card in one of them then there might be still room for other cards to be found and other queens to emerge in the spring in that way um yeah, but yeah, I, I totally, totally missed that part. Does the deck of cards kind of place a general timeline on when the previous occupants of the cabin were in there because of the way they're printed and the materials used? Like, they couldn't be 1800s cards, right? Like, that's not what 1800s cards look like. Probably, but 1960s? how, like, I'd buy, like, 50s? early 1900s for these style of cards uh, yeah i'm not sure i'm really not sure but yeah. i bet that places a general timeline on right let's say a limited window on when that it's, stuff it's too bad none of the girls look at the fucking box and be like oh wow copyright blah 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 because <laughs> course, they're yeah. certainly stamped somewhere uh-huh. maybe it's only on the queen cards there but because uh, that's the thing, it's like a lot of times we think of like, oh, things were pretty modern in 1920, 1910 or like, but like, isn't that when like there will be blood took place? Yeah. All you got to do is look at their outfits in the 20s and you'll know it's not that modern. Yeah. Oh, see, I was always thought it was a uh, hundred years on. It's super like I, I think that that's the thing. It's like pre-Civil War, things get pretty recognizably modern pretty quick. You know, you still have the top hats and stuff that go in through the 20s and 30s. And but then people mm-hmm. just stop wearing hats in the 50s. And that's like if you compare like the 1960s yeah. and 1930s or 40s, I think the only thing that really changes is the, the people stop wearing hats. But <laughs> um, okay. but but yeah, OK, yeah. Um, all, almost all the plot of There Will Be Blood takes place in the 20th century. And that seems very mm-hmm. wild west in the aesthetic, but I, I bet they have modern bicycle style playing cards. I don't know if you, if you do, if you know when mm-hmm. bicycle started making the the, uh, the 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 rules according to Hoyt decks. Let us know. Yellowjackets at baldmove dot com. Um, Danielle was one of the, men, the people that mentioned the. Um, you know, the Javi found uh, the deck of cards or the, the, the queen. She said, they say that the Javi found the queen of cards hearts implying the wilderness chose him first. Yeah. Uh, that's certainly a way to read that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways to read it, but I think that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melanie says also uh, you mentioned the lantern in the cabin. Is that possibly the same lantern that's gone missing from the, uh, the, the cabin in the first place and the who shit the pee bucket scene ties also upset because one of the lanterns has gone missing hmm. that implies very strong that Javi came if if that's true then it strongly implies that Javi came back and, and snooped around the girls camp he was doing more than stealing bear meat he was oh, going inside dark tie took it to him that's right. probably more likely. Yes. Well, but then then who shit this dark tie to shit in the piss bucket the, because she's dark tie? <laughs> I'm dark tie. This is a dark tie move. I shit piss bucket. I do it alone. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, maybe, yeah. It's, a real, it's the most fucked up thing power. I can do. Uh-huh. Uh, Search your dominance, dark tie. <laughs> do it. Um... 
Yeah, that's interesting. A dark if tie light tie is the one pissed off, the dark tie stole it. But you're right. It, it makes a lot more sense if she's actively helping Javi than Javi sneaking back and helping the girls. Yeah, totally. Uh, Tony says, I just want to talk to you about the scene where young Ty sees her dark self in the window and then it's front of her. Is it possible that dark Ty is now in control of her waking consciousness for the rest of the episode? And mm. that is who is awake and making the decisions. Van also asks her if she's okay. And Ty says she's just dizzy. And it seems that Van takes her for her word. All right. Dark Ty what? is the one suggesting all these rituals. And that would make a certain amount of sense. Because Ty is the one that says is 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 Ty yep. the one that says that uh, we got to keep what what we have to stay alive and it can't be Lottie. Yep, totally. It could be. It's possible. It's possible. We need to hide this body. We'll be back right after this. I think the lady in the tree is watching you. Welcome back to more Yellow Jackets. How would uh, we know? I, oh, you know what? Because Dark Ty was forward. in control when J- Jackie got eaten. Because remember, Ty woke up and like immediately started throwing up and carrying on because she realized yes. she ate Jackie. Mm-hmm. You ate her face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this How is... will we know? Because she seems to pass pretty well as regular Ty now, especially now that mm. the light Ty is mixed up in Lottie's coal, right? Going to the yeah. prayer circle and all that. It's a good question. It's a good question. I, I, don't, I don't know. We'll have to probably play it as it lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, John G. from Seattle says, I want to answer some questions you had from your main episode. Is there any way that Walter could know where the body of Adam is buried? He says, yes. He could have been following Misty for quite some time, long before he lets her know he knows about her. In so doing, he could have followed them to Adam's apartment and watched Nat leave with the heavy bag and followed where she went. Okay. Yeah, this was interesting because like it made me realize that I foolishly was taking Walter at his word for his timeline of events, but it does make a lot of sense of Walter. Does it stretch our credulity that all these crazy things happen to the Yellow Jackets all at the same time? Like Adam rear ends. Uh, 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 Shauna and takes an interest in the Yellow Jacket stuff on uh, the same week that Je- Jeff tried to blackmail her and the same week that Misty attract a crazy uh, Moriarty fan from the internet that's going to start shadowing at the same time that Ty is running for t- uh, president at the same time that, uh, I know she's not running for president <laughs> at the same yeah at the same time that Ty went to have a drug binge with Travis like there's a lot of coincidental stuff happening which I guess means it's obviously the wilderness exactly that's all yes it's a stretch but the wilderness hmm yeah yeah also he says it's not fancy Willy Wonka it's just purple mm-hmm. on this one Jim kept trying to say but Aaron didn't seem to be listening or wouldn't acknowledge what he's saying it, it happens okay yeah. Uh, Walter didn't pull his fancy gonna get on my darling Willy Wonka clothes out of the pocket. <laughs> he pulled purple clothes because he's not he's going to infiltrate the Lottie compound where they all wear purple. That seems totally. embarrassingly obvious in retrospect. Um so yeah. Um I appreciate that correction. So yeah, so what's his what's his play now he's going to drop a dime on misty and then show up at the cult compound and try to just blend in 
Well, I mean, it depends. Like, if we think his dropping a dime to the cops is to throw them off the scent of Misty, then it would make sense that he would be interacting with them, pointing them in an opposite direction while also going to the compound to try and warn Misty. But Misty knows. It's not like... Hmm. I guess to work with Misty on this, Who would he try to blame rather than Misty? Because, like... If he Randy. turns it on to any of the other, yeah, I was thinking you're Andy too. But also, I can't imagine how you make that connection. Right, right. Because the cops already know the Shauna connection's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who he puts it on. Could you put it? Is there any way to put that on Jessica Roberts? On the the reporter, the journalist. The spy, how the PI? What, I don't know. The, what's the mode? What's the mode? The mo? Well, it know? gets it what's to go the... away, right? Without any of the yellow jackets being harmed by it. Well, there's that, but like, why would the cops believe that? That some yeah, I, random? I don't know. That's why I'm asking. Know, is there a political any way to do operative it? from Washington D.C. came to kill Adam? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, David says during the show recap Jim asked if the wilderness wanted Javi to die why didn't he give him the queen of hearts I think the wilderness originally wanted to keep Javi alive the wilderness protected and cared for him while he ran away but once he decided to help Nat and reveal his secret hiding place the wilderness was like I told you not to go back to them I told you to keep the tree cave a secret and now you're interfering with the hunt and you must die okay different take than Javi pulled the queen all along but I kind of like it I do too. It makes a lot of sense. Um, David also says, I'm curious to see what happens with coach. Now that he's found the tree cave, Did the wilderness welcome him. Does he show it to the girls? Will he die right before he gets a chance to show anyone? He needs Will he to get back to camp there. Will he get back to camp? See everyone eating Javi and immediately turn around, go back to the cave and live there mm-hmm. the rest of his life. Yep. Coach is still out there in 2022 or whatever. God, what if they leave Coach behind and he becomes the new cabin man? Mm, he was the cabin man all along. Time loop. Time uh, loop. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. The endless. I could see it. I don't want Coach to die. And the I feel like the only way he doesn't die in this scenario is if he leaves and never comes back. The thing is, is it, this is not a safe haven for him if we want to go with the wilderness bullshit because Ty, especially Dark Ty, knows where all these caves are. True. So, like, Dark Ty would have to be cool with Coach, which I don't see any evidence that that would be the case. But, um, yeah, I don't know what comes next with him because you're right. He's going to come back like Donald Glover in Community and just shit's going to be... <laughs> on fire and Javi's going to be you know torn into pieces and in stews and Mm -hmm. hmm yeah I don't know Um, do they do they fess up to coach like or they try to be like oh Javi ran off again because that would be believable right uh god you'd have to eat all of him quickly I mean they that's true they didn't even know of Shauna I guess you could just say we found a deer or something, right? It's deer meat. Here, the thing is, is if you've been eating elk the whole time, you would surely know. Like if they switched, <laughs> probably, maybe. I, don't I know. would know if they switched Not from chicken to pork. So yeah, true, probably. true, or from chicken to fit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Ashley says. 
want to send you a few notes on a few theories I have regarding the Yellow Jackets. Number one, Pit Girl. I think Pit Girl is Lisa. I love this theory. Pit Girl is Lisa? Yeah, yeah, How yeah. How is this possible? All right. Well, I'm going to tell you. Me. The show's done a great job of presenting scenes that we take as real only to question as the hunger visions or trauma repressed memories that are also not reality. Why does everyone think that Pit Girl is a scenario that happened in the 1990s timeline? Why couldn't it also be a dying vision of a current day Vic character? I think something's going to happen to Lisa, and as she is dying, she has the vision of being Pit Girl. I think she finds out too much about what really happened to the survivors or Adam, and they keep and they kill her to keep things quiet or sacrifice her to the wilderness. I actually think I built a theory on top of your theory, Ashley, that literally <laughs> the girls in the present are going to devolve to... And and like, like I said, I don't know if I'm on board with this Lisa's pit girl, but if it's if it's true, I think they're going to organize another hunt, and Lisa's going to end up in the pit in the modern day. All right. So is because they're all wearing masks. Oh, and like it would be perfect for Walter to show up in the middle of this fucked up compound. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of in on this now. Because like, is our our. Are Lottie's people so brainwashed that she could sell them on the wilderness concept and they all because like as I said, we've always assumed that this happened oh, yeah. in the old timeline. But one neat way they could blow our minds and dodge this is be like, oh, no, this is these, uh, you know, middle aged women are the ones running around howling in the woods and all that stuff. I mean, but we know we retreats. saw Misty, but wait, wait, Misty took her mask off and she was young Misty. Right. Uh, yeah, I think scene, so. Unless they're saying that this is another heightened reality. Well, but we've already uh, seen situations where, like, when Natalie kneeled in front of Lottie, it looked to Lottie as if she was young Nat. So when they're in situations that remind them mm, of the past, they mm-hmm. see themselves. So they've already taught us in the, their language that this can happen. Shit. I think it's something we have to be I like prepared it. for. It, Walter is the new hobby. He's going to show up in the middle of one of these rituals, get chased into the lake. It's Does it seem like they're going to take uh, Elijah Woods into the new season? Uh-huh. But then again, I, did, what, didn't Jessica die in the finale episode? Oh, season one? I think so. I'm pretty sure Sounds she did, right. too. So, like, if she's this year's Jessica, which we've said. But I, they've just not gotten near enough Mor- Moriarty out of this guy. I can't no, imagine no, they there's so much more episode. they need to do. Um. Yeah, so I guess we'll see because they could do it next episode, and we'll see how how well a job they did. But what yeah, I, I think I think you're onto something here, Ashley, with the the playing with the timelines in a ways that we haven't suspected. And the thing that I would love to see that they haven't done yet is an outsider's perspective on their rituals that all seem so normal to them now. Yes, that's what I want, and Walter would be a perfect opportunity for that. So yeah, do it, especially Send since Walter we know there. he's a little skewed too. So like. Uh huh. He know. could join in. He could be like, All right, "I've yeah. been waiting for this my whole life." Are Fuck, you kidding me? Yeah, hell yeah! I want to get on this alternative reality game y'all are playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> that brings mystery, us to Walter mystery theater dinner. That brings us to Walter. Uh, Ashley has a theory on Walter. Has two theories on Walter. The first is that he's right. just as he's being portrayed, a guy who loves Misty and he alerts the cops not to turn her in, but to lure mullet asshole cop somewhere and then to kill him. Ooh. Good. Uh, he will then go on to rescue Missy from the cult. The second refers to the cult. And oh, that would be interesting if he's emailing uh, Matt directly to meet him somewhere. Matt's the kind of guy that'd be horny for a lead and would go like off 
book to do it. And then, yeah, I can see that. Uh, the second refers to cult in general. We assume that Lottie started a cult that she comes from a wealthy family. But what if instead Walter started the cult? He's rich and clearly Yellow Jackets obsessed. Maybe he recruited Lottie to lead it and is funding it in order to get all the Yellow Jackets together by manipulating their modern day storylines. Lisa's making her smoothies so they could even be drugging her in ways to create her visions. The circles back to my pit girl theory above. Walter has the purple jacket he puts on at the end of episode eight. So I can see him arriving and everyone in the cult, including Lottie, welcome him to Misty's surprised and shocked face. Walter is the antler king. That's why he's got the fanciest purple outfit ready to go. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I can't quite see it, but I also can't dismiss it. I like this from a true crime podcast perspective. Um, Like if Walter is this obsessed Yellow Jackets follower and he's trying to bring all his forces to bear to crack the mystery of the Yellow Jackets, right? Because the society at a large seems to be obsessed with what happened in the wilderness. What did, how did the girls survive? Like all this stuff, what went on? Walter thinks maybe he can crack it using his superior deductive uh, skills and starts this cult. Is it, does Lottie know that he's like, <laughs> for lack of a better term, the Antler King? I think or, he'd have to. She'd have to, yeah, right? Yeah, she'd probably, she'd probably have to. But why would she work with him? She doesn't need his money, right? It's not like, oh, right. she started this compound because he's got money. She takes the money from her followers. So why would Lottie go along with this? I I don't have the answer for that. Cause that's what I'm saying. I can't quite yeah. see it, but also like I could, I could see, um, I don't know. Like maybe Lottie does have a mist- wealthy benefactor. That's, that's helped her. Her parents cut her off. And, but I don't know. No, I think that like, again, that's another thing where I feel like the show would be playing a little too fast and loose. If they, you know, like all we would need is for Lottie to be like, yeah, I was helped by a wealthy benefactor to start this place 10 years ago. And, but like this, where, like if Walter shows up in Willy Wonka and she like bows before him, that's I'd have to see how they did it again. Yeah, you might be onto something here. I think you've got elements of stuff that's going to be really right on here, uh, Ashley. Um, but like a hundred percent, I don't know. At the very I least, know. I want to see a scene where Walter is editing his true crime podcast about the Yellow Jackets. Mm. He's because he's doing research, right? Like this is clearly oh, he, yeah. he is the type to yeah the, the, he he's adnan sayeting or whatever he's not just a he's not just a shit poster on reddit he's pulling up financial records he's he's yeah. pulling up phone records he's doing cctv he's hacking he's yeah yeah he's putting in the legwork i feel like he's developing he's researching for his podcast uh, finally, Ashley says the series finale. I may still have lost PTSD, but in the first season, the Yellow Jackets before the plane crashes, Jackie puts on her necklace, puts her necklace on Shauna and gives her a valium to sleep as Shauna is nervous and scared on the plane. What if the entire show is just Shauna dreaming all this and she wakes up when the plane safely lands and the team goes and plays in the game and wins? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, that's the best possible outcome for all this. Everyone will be satisfied. And Back happy. in. <laughs> Back in the 80s, Hollywood gave us the one-two punch of Dallas and St. Elsewhere. 
Mm-hmm. There were all versions of it's just a dream, and it's 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 the, the, the I think the world swore never again that that we were going to put up with this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like if they do this, then this show is yeah like this, this show is, I, I write it off. Yeah, I'm done. And honestly, the showrunners, I'll I'll I will never watch their shit again. Like they would they would I would I would blacklist <laughs> them from Bald Move. That's some um, interesting considering how well liked Damon Lindelof has become around these parts, but we'll, we'll just leave that there. What did he? It's all a dream. That's not how no, Lost no, no, ended. No. Okay, it, it was not all a dream. No, because yeah, if like if if, if, if that plane lands and like Jack jer- jerks a sl- awake at the end of season seven or whatever, and the, the, it's like, oh, it looks like you were having a bad dream there, sir. No fucking shot would would half the Lost fan base support yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know. I think that's like there. I I can't see it. That would be showrunner malpractice. Um, <laughs> yeah, certainly. Sai has a couple of questions and answers. Why did Javi return? As someone who took Shauna's run from the Doom coming serious enough to go into hiding when supposedly being looked after by the person who he mentioned to Ben that never wanted him to go back. What logically sound reason did he have to return? Was it just to kill him off? Uh, maybe the actor has to be written off. That said, Javi was found disoriented. Uh, was he under the spell of the wilderness or his friend, or was it just hunger? <sighs> if we're if we're going to talk about the series finale and it's all a dream, I have a little bit of lost PTSD with the whole Walt situation because okay. it's my recollection that the reason that the showrunners went away from the Walt supremacy is because they realized they had a child actor that was not going to age into the role and they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So it is dropped it like a hot potato. I think Javi, that actor in real life, I think is 16 or 15. Like, I think they might've, cause he's already visibly older in this season. Like, I mm-hmm. think they're like, Oh fuck, we can't, we can't, we, we, we did a puzzle box where we cast all the girls, a 26 year old and had the kid 14. Fuck, fuck. There's, there's a, there's a big possibility that the run thing, they just didn't fucking think about the pandemic and how long it would take seasons and you know how this would all affect uh, it's, Ooh, I don't, I don't like that, but that's a big possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what actual reason he had for coming back. But it's possible dark, yeah, well, they just wanted to kill him. It's Dark Ty. Ty was out there, and that's his protector. And he saw her out at, at the entrance of his cave and jumped out, thinking that this was Dark Ty coming with her latest delivery of bear meat and lanterns. Uh-huh. That's the thing that that's the only thing that makes sense. So I, I think that tracks, and then they just kind of grabbed him, right? I don't think that he necessarily willingly came back to the cabin, but also he never made a real effort to escape either. Right, right. He's just been chilling. And why so, wouldn't Dark Ty facilitate that if she wanted to? Mm-hmm. All very good questions. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer. Um, shoddiness. Due to the things that have just piled up one after another in recent episodes, Adam's body is found. The group finds out about Jack Jeff being the blackmailer, Lottie wanting her body to be used in case of death, then starting the ritual, Javi's death. Indicates to me that the showrunners are being forced to wrap this up in another season when from the beginning the makers supposedly had the entire show planned out to over five hmm. seasons. What are your thoughts on that? So they're well, a third season and that's it? Well, I, well, so here's what we know. This show mm-hmm. has been renewed, got renewed last year for seasons two and three, or mm-hmm. I guess after season one. So they already knew they're going to get three. 
I looked at the ratings for this show. Super hot. Mm-hmm. This row gets about a, a 0.25 share, except for it started steadily increasing right around Doom Coming. Doom Coming got almost half a million people watching it. Um, then they began this season with a, a quarter million people watching, and that's ste- held steadily until uh, after episode 204, Old Wounds, where the ratings kind of fell off a bit of a cliff, and it's been getting a 0.16 share every episode after that, which is about half what they were getting before. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't see how any of that stuff could have been possibly impacted this season. Yeah, it could be that they they told the writers that like the showrunners like, look, we're going to green light you for two more seasons. Wrap it up because we don't want another penny dreadful mm-hmm. situation on our hands where rate ratings cratered in the last season and we had to like finish things up. But I also take exception. I don't I've never seen anything where the writers said they had a clear outline for five seasons. I think they said that they wanted five seasons, but I don't know that they ever had an, an entire season planned out. It does feel like they were more of the Lindelof Cruise model from Lost, where it's like throw a bunch of weird shit on the screen, throw your you get your polar bears, your smoke monsters, uh, your 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 guys are paraplegic that that can walk again, and 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 let J.J. Abrams do that and moonwalk out of the studio, and then we'll just try to figure it out, right? Like that seems like what they they intentionally provocative crazy shit. But mm-hmm. we'll figure it out as we go. And that's risky. That's very risky. Yeah. I can't remember exactly what their statements were about the five seasons, but I do know that they had talked about five seasons um, as the creators of the show. And, and at least, I, I want to say, I remember them talking about at least having a vague plan. Like, we want to get them to hear ish. But as as far as the beats go from here to there, I don't think they had all that stuff. No, uh, it it feels like this show. Maybe that maybe they know they have an expiration date and it's season three. It really does feel like it with the way that they have ramped stuff up here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Ah man, does one season. One season get them to the adult timeline conclusion stuff. I will say Probably. this: with the writer strike and shut shut down, I'm not even a hundred percent sure that this show will get. They they could easily use that to welch out on the season three of it all. Like ah, well we had that, but like Impossible, you know. Yeah. I mean they they probably out money because there's probably contracts and things signed, but like it's definitely. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're like, well, she, if this thing is just going to play out to one, the point one six million people, and probably lose some neck going in next season too, like, do we really want to go ahead and do production? You know, we got sunk cost. We right. want to like throw more money into that. I don't know. It's not. I'm, I'm hoping that's not the case. But this would be the perfect excuse if Showtime wanted to pull the plug because this show is seen as disappointing. I don't know. It seems well, they like they need to pull the fucking plug on Showtime because what else do they have that's like, dude? And they did this on fucking any, dreadful too, lighting like, the world up, right? Well, that's the thing. It's like this show is get it's got ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It's almost universally uh, critically acclaimed until late this season. I've started seeing some squawking about it. Um, it, and it's like this show seems strikes me as incredibly cheap to make. It's set in modern times. Sure, the the wilderness stuff is is, is essentially b- bottle episodes. You just shove people in a cabin with shitty snow effects, 
and mm. like you've got relatively cast of unknown people the big the the big draws are like you know your big stars are Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis and uh the other one fuck I can't remember Shauna's name uh, Melanie Lewinsky, Melanie Lewinsky right Linsky uh Linsky um it seems like it, that's the one saving grace is this show is getting a lot of critical buzz uh a lot of uh, uh prestige notice and it also like this thing I I was shocked at the size of this thing subreddit based on its audience like I made the joke of like one out of one half of every person watching the show is on the goddamn subreddit that's insane (laughs) for like you know audience passion so yeah like you said what else does Showtime have going for it Um, they have billions that's like their big one but it's in season 7 which is coming up soon Uh, they have the Dexter reboot which I think or maybe not I did not hear good things about that I, I want to yeah. say that was one season and done, but I could be wrong. But that's kind of and I, I the, the, the meme on that show I saw going around was Dexter's the only show that got a fucked up ending twice. <laughs> so <laughs> apparently uh, people were not super happy with how that. But I, you ugh. know, again, I'm not a Dexter fan. Yeah, it's I I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it's really up in the air at this show, and I think narratively, maybe we're all calmed down at the end of the next episode. But uh, a lot of fear thing, and I feel like doubt. they caught they caught a little bit of. Uh, lightning in a bottle at least with like memes and like it hasn't translated into people signing up for Showtime necessarily but it has also yeah. helped raise Showtime's profile I think yeah between like the hit that I know Billions is and then this show I feel like they've started to capture something and they just need to keep snowballing that not not cancel shows that are getting out there and reaching people <sighs> Well, the other thing is, I they you know five years ago they canceled Penny Dreadful and it was getting three times their four times the ratings. Now Jeez. it was a much more expensive show. It was a period piece mm-hmm. with a whole bunch of monster effects, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I I I, I don't know. Uh, I think they did catch lightning in the bottle. Like they're also perfectly catching the '90s nostalgia nostalgia wave. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Uh, but uh, we'll we'll have to see. We'll have to see how things go next week or this week, I guess. Um, Colin for Hamburg is going to finish things up today. Says you were speculating about what people knew uh, about what happened to the Yellow Jackets. I think the best lens to find out this is through Ty, since she's the most public figure. I think there's been a lot of speculation about cannibalism, but cannibalism, but no one knows for sure. I think this is evidenced by the political supporter that Ty was courting in season one, episode three, when they're alone sharing a cigarette, this player who might be the best position to possibly know what happened through her contacts practically begs Ty to confirm what she thinks, but doesn't know happened. Um, In the same episode, there's also Ty's political opponent running attack ad with a strong implication that Ty might be cannibal uh, that she's forced to react to. Then in episode six or seven, when the reporter oppo research, Jessica Roberts is trying to get Misty to release her she also voices her suspicions about what might have happened, but Misty won't confirm everything, anything. So everyone suspects that they ate their friends to get through the misadventure, but the girls won't say anything. And so everyone's dying to know the truth. Someone also in an email threw in the point that uh, there's a scene in season one where Sammy is gets in a fight with a kid in school because he accuses his mom of being a cannibal. Mm. So... I think we can answer that for whatever reason, the yellow jackets have maintained the eating people as secrecy that it's like a lot of people suspect, but it's a secret. Mm-hmm. You're right. 
And I think it's, I, that's, boy, I just, mm, it feels, I don't know. I don't know what it feels like. It kind of feels a little lame to me that that's a secret because like, I do feel like people would just like, oh, well, yeah, of course you guys did. And we forgive you because you're kids. But like, maybe it's just like, it's how fucked up things got. Sure. Um, Like, oh yeah, we ate the one kid brother. And when he tried to save me and then it was like him or me. So we just kind of let him drown. Like it's, that's a little bit harder than like, you know, we slowly succumbed one by one of starvation and disease and the ones that did we ate. Mm-hmm. It's a little yeah, bit it's a, very different. Yeah. All right. Well, if you got some theories about Pit Girl, what timeline she appears in, whether she's Lisa or not, or maybe she's Mari, uh, any 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 nugget mummified mouse theories, uh, please send those to yellowjacketsofballmove.com. Got a lot of fun reading them. And hey, we got uh, one more episode where we're going to go over what happened at the end of the finale be out next week and then we're also going to be doing a wrap-up feedback podcast for next week too so we got one more week of feedback get your theories in um well it's probably too late to send theories unless they're for season three but uh because because they're going to be either confirmed or denied next episode but uh we were we are going to have you know i do want to know kind of like everyone's temperature when we're done with the coverage like what people are thinking about season two as a whole how excited people are for season two three as our faith restored is Showtime going to pull the plug with the writer strike as a convenient excuse? We want to know. Yellow Jackets of BaldMove.com. Um, of course, when we finish up with Yellow Jackets, that's not it for Bald Move. Not only do we cover uh, first run movies and whatnot, but we got a lot of big shows coming back in June. Star Trek, uh, Strange New Worlds, if you are a fan of pulpy science fiction and kind of uh, aspirational space morality uh that's a really good show and uh justified city primeval i love justified the classic Mm -hmm. run i'm very curious to see what raylan gibbons looks like in detroit yeah what does that look like because when i think of the fun parts of justified i think of all the colorful harlan county folks and Mm -hmm. uh, it's a different different vibe that you're going to get in in detroit for sure um but yeah, we got that stuff coming up. And again, just tons of uh, first-run movies. Foundation, speaking of a really good science fiction shows, coming back in July. I know there's another one in July we're excited for, but I can't, I can't recall. Or maybe ju- it's, it's Justified comes back in uh, uh, comes back in July too. It's Justified uh-huh. and and and, uh, and Foundation. Um, but yeah, follow us along for everything that we're going to be doing at Twitter.com/slash/BaldMove. We post our weekly schedule there. You can find easily our content that we're uh, producing. Or if you just feel like, hey, I like these bald move guys, like to follow along with more of their stuff, you can follow everything that we do divided roughly into prestige and pulp by searching for bald move pulp and bald move prestige. Finally, if you'd like to eliminate the commercials, the ads in the show, and get a ton of bonus features, we do uh, exclusive shows for our audience uh, that supports us through the club. You can join the bald move club at uh, support.baldmove.com to find out all the ways you can do that. All right, that's it for this week's feedback. I cannot wait to see what happens with what purports to be crazy finale. We'll see you back uh, next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later. <laughs>